Frank Frangie with the call on the Jaguars radio network. And now we are pleased to welcome J.P. Shadrick because we need to talk about the Jaguars, a senior reporter and insider for the Jags and their network. What is the reaction in Jacksonville, J.P.? The fan base understanding this team is starting to play great football with three wins in four games. They are poised to make the postseason. I think it's about time, right? I mean, this is a Jags team that is young. It's a new coaching staff. It's a second-year quarterback. It's a defense that had a lot of new parts in free agency and in the draft. And they had some hiccups earlier in the season. I mean, it started 2-1, and one, but then they lost five in a row, and they had fourth-quarter leads in a lot of those games and just couldn't figure out how to finish a football game, it felt like. And then, um, you know, it kind of came to a head in London in Week 8. Um, Jaguars had it. Trevor Lawrence threw a couple of interceptions in that game, including one on a first and goal with the one, and it just kind of unraveled there. But since then, uh, Trevor's been playing better football, and the defense is opportunistic. They're giving up some yards, but in key moments, they've been okay. They're starting to take the ball away again. So um, they're getting winning results against pretty good football teams now, too, when it matters. And all of a sudden, they control their own destiny for the playoffs, which is remarkable to think about. Ooh. If you would have said that week nine, uh, that it, with three weeks to go, the Jaguars would have controlled their own destiny, you'd be crazy. But uh, they are. That's the way it is. Three to go, down one in the division. They've already beaten Tennessee once. You'll see them again head-to-head in week 18. So the fan base is over the moon right now. <laughs> it, is, it is a Jaguars town for sure. I definitely am hearing from a lot of Jaguars fans to my show. What did they show you? in this game against the Cowboys on Sunday in which they were able to come back not just once but twice to win that in overtime. Right. It, it was a 17-point deficit late in the third quarter, which they had, they had done earlier this season, by the way. They had rallied down three scores to win a game, so they knew they had it in them. Um, so it was really, there's some time left. Let's just go to work. And Trevor Lawrence hits a double move to Zay Jones, and that kind of flipped the whole momentum of the game and cut it down, and they kept on driving and scoring. The defense had given up some, some points early in the game and some yards on the ground. They kind of settled in in the second half and got the ball back a few times, uh, got a couple three and outs from the Cowboys' offense, kind of contributed to it. Trevor kept throwing touchdown passes, uh, took the lead. They gave it up, but then, um, you know, and then at the end it got really crazy when the Jaguars are down three, trying to drive the field. They're moving into uh, Cowboys territory, and, and Trevor fumbles the football. That was an issue earlier in the season for him. He was just trying to make a play. He got knocked out of his hands. So, okay, gosh, under two minutes to go. Uh, but the Jags had all three timeouts. So they get a stop, tackle for loss. They get another tackle, and then uh, so they use two timeouts. Um, the Cowboys decide to run four verts and throw it out of bounds and save a timeout for the Jags, which is great. So the Jaguars get the ball back just over a minute to go with a timeout. Evan Ingram somehow gets out of bounds. They review it. He's out of bounds. They get to save the timeout. They get a pass to Zay Jones to set up the game-tying field goal. I mean, all this kind of worked in tandem together, built up. And, you know, these were games earlier in the season in that five-game losing skit I was talking about that the Jags would find a way to lose it somehow. Now they're starting to turn it around. 
they, they found ways to go out and win games like this that a lot of people might not expect them to if they haven't seen them this year. Um, it's a maturing football team. That's, that's what happens. This group's together. They're all about it. And they are, they're not going to let any deficit um, really keep them down. And that's what happened on Sunday. I got to tell you the truth, JP. When Lawrence fumbled that ball, as you point out, it was knocked away about 98 seconds to go. I thought it was done. I thought there was no way that they would get the ball back. How can the Cowboys not run out the clock? And yet the defense held, and as you point out, the play calling a little bit suspect. I kind of wonder what they were doing going deep on that third down. The look on the face of Trevor Lawrence kind of told you the story, how dejected he was, that a turnover might have ruined their hopes at coming back, and yet that's not what happened. Oh, it was it was remarkable, and the look on his face was yeah, this is over. But talking to the defensive guys, um, you know, earlier on Monday, hey, they said we got you, man. We're gonna do what we can to get this ball back. There's some belief in that quarterback that hey, if we just get it in his hands now, uh, we're gonna find a way to get a field goal, right? I mean, that's that might not have been the case earlier in the season, right? Okay, he's not he's playing okay, but he's gonna turn it over or whatever. Not anymore. He's a, he's you know since that London game, he's really settled in. He's he's playing great football, and there's a belief building on that sideline in number sixteen with the long blonde hair, and that's a good thing. And he's going to be uh, he's one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL in the second half of this season, and I don't think that's going to stop anytime soon. And the guys that are around him, the other fifty-two on the roster, believe fully in what he can bring to this team. J.P. Shadrick is a senior reporter with the Jaguars, and there's no time off around the holidays with the Jags poised to grab a playoff spot. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. What difference has Doug Peterson made, J.P.? Oh, all the difference. It's not even close. It's, um, I mean, the guy's been in the league since 91. He was a player, obviously. He's He was a backup quarterback to two great ones, obviously. He was an assistant coach under Andy Reid. I mean, the guy's won a Super Bowl as a head coach. He understands how to communicate with every level of the organization, from the janitor to the ticket takers <laughs> to the president of the team to the starting quarterback to the backup quarterback, practice squad. He gets it. Uh, totally understands the tone the messaging, what needs to be said and why, what the goals are. Everything is clear. It's a professional football environment, and you're here to um, get things done and win football games. That's, that's really what it is. So there's there's not a lot of messing around. It's business, and, and he's unbelievably approachable in our role, which is fantastic. And, um, you know, it, it's perfect. For the quarterback, that's really the number one priority, um, and, and he said that coming in. You know, it's really a, that's one of the big things that drew him to this job was Trevor Lawrence, and their relationship has just continued to blossom as the year has gone along. Um, you know, obviously off the field, that's fine, but in in the classroom with Press Taylor, the offensive coordinator, and Doug Peterson trying to like cook this thing up, and Trevor's got his hands on it too, and. Don't forget about Mike McCoy, the quarterback coach. That whole group working together, they're all on the same page. And and that trickles down, I think, to the whole team, too. So um, it, it, I don't know if you could have found a better hire I mean, than Doug Peterson, a guy who's done it. Uh, he has the blueprint for it, a uh, track record of success, and he's got the parts and pieces to kind of make this thing go. 
and give it another year or so when they start churning out the roster and, and get some some of their own draft picks in, and, and that that can really stabilize this thing even further. So uh, there's no way to to really su- undersell how big of a hire that was for this team. I mean, Doug has, has settled the whole thing down. How did they keep going or keep working or not lose confidence during that five-game losing skid where people were sputtering out the same old lines about this is the Jaguars, it doesn't matter who's coaching, blah, 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 questioning Trevor Lawrence? How did they stay steady during that stretch? Well, I think it's Doug. I think it's Doug Peterson. I mean, he's it's his messaging. It's his consistent day-to-day approach that never wavered. You know, there's there's never – he's the same guy at least that I can tell, day in, day out, win, loss, okay, lose a fourth quarter lead again, okay, let's come back Monday and figure out why, and here's what we have in front of us. All our goals are still out there. We're playing football. We play again on Sunday at 1 o'clock, and we're playing the next nameless, faceless opponent, if you will, and <laughs> it's all it's all about the Jaguars, right? It's all about us improving and trying to finish – as a football team and we're all in this thing together. That That's really, I think what kept this group going. And, you know, in, in years past, when you'd have a stretch of losses like that, it would turn into eight in a row or, okay, they might sneak one and then lose four more. Um, no, there's a, there's a little bit more poise and confidence now. And I think that comes with that steady, everyday approach that Doug has. Um, and that's comforting. And that, I think, is a big reason why they're where they are right now. Then, JP, when you look around at the top teams in the AFC, so we're talking about the Bills, who are 11-3, and same record as the Chiefs. What separates the Jaguars from teams like that, or the Bengals, or even the Ravens, who have had some extended success? Let's start with a little bit of where they are, right? Okay, consider the last couple of years around here, and the Jags still are 6-8. and eight. By the way, it's not like they're <laughs> not ten and four Cincinnati right now, or <laughs> Buffalo eleven and three. Right? Let's just—I don't know. I want—I don't want to get too far out in front of our skis here. But um, you know, the offense I think is pretty darn close to what they like. They've got a little bit of a running game with ETN. He's had a fumbling issue, but they can—they can work on that. And and maybe if they have a secondary back to him, that could that could help out. And then Hasty's kind of stepped up there. The receivers have been fantastic for them. A lot of people gave them flack for the amount of money they spent on Christian Kirk and Zay Jones and free agency. And uh, to that point, Evan Ingram, the tight end on a one-year deal. But all three of those players are, if not already past career best seasons, they're on their way within a game or two of having career numbers, all three of those guys in one season. So, They've done a good job there. I think they could get another true deep threat on offense and be able to maybe hang with those teams. I think the quarterback's pretty close to being able to make a lot of the throws that some of those guys you you listed can do. Some of those teams have defenses too, uh, Baltimore. So, okay, um, and, and Buffalo, right? I mean, those those teams are complete both sides of the ball teams. And I think this defense does need – they put some a lot into it, a lot of equity, a lot of cash and free agency, a lot of draft equity. There's been some holes there uh, at times this year, especially in the secondary. 
this is a Jags organization that's had troubles over the years, and I think we've talked about this on your show, Amy, that they've had trouble re-signing first-round picks. And it's not just a recent phenomenon. It's about a 15-year phenomenon. They've only had, I think, one first-round pick that they've signed to a second deal here. And we're seeing some of the effects of that now on defense, right? right? I mean, right. they had Jalen Ramsey here. He didn't make it to a second contract, right? It was a, the right pick. He's a great player. But he didn't make it. He moved on. He, he got traded. And then they tried to backfill that uh, with C.J. Henderson. Well, that didn't work out. He's off. He's gone. Uh, Carolina, right? So now they've had to double up and go to free agency and get Shaq Griffin. He wasn't playing that well this year. Then he got hurt, and he's on the bench, right? So they're trying to backfill the, the cornerback position from two first-round picks ago still. So that's where they are. That's where That's the difference, I think in some of these established teams in the AFC, they've had, you know, eight years, six years of consistent drafting and success and keeping those guys as a core group. And the Shags team's not quite there yet, but they feel like they're on the verge of starting that kind of a run. And it's great when you're winning. It's a lot easier to do the building and to do the work when the wins are the result. We're talking to J.P. Shadrick from Jacksonville, senior reporter with the Jaguars. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Before I let you go, J.P., what are your impressions of this division and how it's shaped up with a month to go as the Titans have dropped four in a row and there are no teams above 500 in the South? Yeah, Tennessee is is really struggling, and and just hearing some of the reporting coming out of there, it's uh, they can't really figure out. They're banged up. Uh, the players, you know, one of the reports I saw was some of the players weren't aware the Jags were within one game. Like, okay, well here we are. <laughs> you know, we're right there now. You better figure it out quick. It's two different styles. I mean, Tennessee pounds and runs the football with Henry, and uh, they don't have a whole lot else to hang their hat on beyond that um the jaguars can throw it around the yard um as brad sham told me that the cowboys announced that we did a, a, a pregame interview and and he said it going into the game and it turned out to actually work out during the game the jaguars are one of the teams in the league and not many can say this that if they're down three scores they're not out of it because they can throw it around that certainly was the case on sunday against the cowboys so if you can score like the Jaguars can score or feel like they can, you've got a chance in pretty much any game. It's just a matter of making some stops on defense and getting an extra possession or two and, and getting it done. So um, Indy, uh, you know, how they lost to them early in the year, can't bring that one back. How they lost to Houston, can't bring that one back either. That's the one Houston win this year is against the Jaguars and that awful stretch, you know, the five-loss stretch. Those are in the past now. Forget about those. Moving forward, what is this Jags team now? They're the best team in the division right now. They've just got to go finish the season. You can you can wear that AFC South championship hat going into the playoffs. What? That's pretty amazing. <laughs> we could be looking at a Christmas miracle for Jacksonville. A lot of excitement coming out of that fan base with the Duvals I hear everywhere. So you can find JP on Twitter at JP Shadrick, S-H-A-D-R-I-C-K, senior reporter for the Jags, our go-to to talk Jags football. And look, we actually need to talk Jags football. JP, thank you so much for a couple of minutes. Happy holidays to you. Hey, same to you, and I hope to be talking to you a lot very, very soon. That's for sure.